Hey everybody, it's Eric Balance coming to you with the Resilient Minds podcast where I feature beautiful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and experts in their field where they help us discover their X factor, their experience of life, only to discover how they were able to accomplish and find out their why factor, their big why, their purpose in life. So join me as we get to discover the beauty of our minds and how can we really continue to go after the biggest and most wildest dreams while we continue to pursue and manifest our greatest intelligence that comes from the heart. Also, if you haven't, go check out the new alignment course that I've created at www.ericbalance.com forward slash alignment, A-L-I-G-N-M-E-N-T. See you on the show. Welcome everybody to the Resilient Minds podcast. I'm super grateful and excited to speak today with Robert Edward Grant. You know, dear friend, uh, we, we spent some time talking already and I really, you know, I'm looking here. It's like the most important thing that we navigate oftentimes is how to this, discover this mindset, right? And I always share how can we, you know, step out of the mindset and into the heart set? And you also talk about study the science of art, study the art of science. So I really want to, you know, connect today deeper about our awareness and the ways that we see things in a different way, because I know you've been doing tremendous work around the world. And, you know, in fact, I'm so excited to learn from you. And I know that there's a lot of people out here that are really curious um, on the show to really pay attention to some of the things that you've done. And, and, you know, I know mathematics and the Vitruvian man and, you know, a lot of these different figures um, that we've learned over the time are something that you've spent a lot of time um, mm -hmm. really taking the initiative to, 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 to learn about. And I always say, thank you for taking the time because it's, you know, our, our time is the most precious asset. And just welcome to the show, bro. Thank you. It's great to be here. Amazing. Amazing. So um, I'm curious to know, <clears throat> Robert, are you familiar with the Da Vinci Code or, you know? Robert oh, yes. Hayden? Oh, yes. Very, very familiar with it. In fact, I, I have a TV show. <laughs> I have a TV show called Codex um, that is kind of an extension of the Da Vinci Code. But this one's like the real, real Da Vinci Code. And it's been an exciting thing for me to work on for the last uh, few years. I'm actually working on the second season right now. And um, it's, it's been really fun. Amazing. Do, do you, so Codex, it came out last year? Codex came out, uh, it actually came out in April of this year. And it, it's definitely gotten really popular very fast on Gaia. It's on Gaia. It's also on Amazon Prime. So if you just look up Code. X, like two words. The reason I separated the word codex into code X is because, in fact, you are the X. Wow. So each one of so us beautiful. is the X. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So this is so beautiful because I always share, um, and I've been, as you know, I've been having this podcast for like almost the last years. I always say, how can we take our X factor, right? The X factor mm -hmm. within us and translate into our biggest Y factor, our purpose, our shared purpose. And so I love the fact that already, you know, like we're navigating in a place where there's so much similarities just before we got on the call. And then now as we're, we're having the, the conversation, I'm curious to know, what was it? Was there a kind of a time or an experience that you had 
that helped you identify and say, listen, I need to take on this X factor of mine, be becoming the X and knowing the X and then following that shared vision, that shared purpose of tapping into that collective uh, experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it actually came through mathematics for me. So first of all, I kept noticing in society right now, the X symbol is becoming more and more popular. I mean, it represents as a child, I remember it being Xmas at Christmas time, right? So I thought it must have something to do with the cross or Christ. Uh, another place where I kept seeing the X was definitely when it comes to gender. And now we're talking about people having an X gender even. So they're, they're neither male nor female, you know, they're sort of transgender. That's becoming a part of society that was not a part of society when I was younger. And then another aspect is quantum computing. So quantum computing, uh, we're moving from a binary code system, which is ones and zeros, to a ones, zeros, and X system, which is trinary. And that is the superposition in quantum computing, which can be either male or female. So it's, it's replicating itself through society, this whole X consciousness. It also comes in, we've often heard about alpha omega, but actually the most religious symbol is alpha chi omega. And the chi is the X. So this notion of the chi actually comes from the inside of our brains, which is called the optic chiasm. So the optic chiasm is the place where the left eye connects to the right brain and the right eye connects to the left brain. Okay, so it basically crosses brain hemispheres so that we see imagery when we look at it, we actually see it flipped right side up even though in our eye, the lens actually makes it upside down. You've probably seen that before on sort of like eye tests and such, right? Yeah. So this whole idea of the optic chiasm, the chi crosses to connect these two left and right hemispheres of the brain, right at the corpus callosum, immediately at the junction of the pituitary gland. So the pituitary gland, you would know from Kundalini work probably that, that you have been engaged in, is really the feminine aspect that connects the left and right halves of the brain to our perception. And our perception is our reality, in fact, right? It's not actually what happens to us that defines our reality. Probably I could make an argument to say we live in an entire illusion like Maya, right? But once we realize that we live in Maya, then we can play this game called Leela. Leela is this game of expanded awareness where you can actually start to play in this game, right? So why does this even become important? Well, because what we perceive is in effect our reality. So the reason why this X is showing up all over the place is because it represents a next level of awareness in Christ consciousness that connects the left and right aspects of the brain. The heart and the mind merge into one. And this is called heart-mind consciousness. It's represented also in the symbology of a diamond. So it's an irregular pentagon that's a diamond shape. And this is a very beautiful thing because when we start to embody heart-brain awareness and heart-mind awareness, then the heart thinks and the mind feels. That is when the river of wisdom flows for humanity. Exactly. And this is now we're entering in this game of this Leela, where we can start to actually play and look and expand our perceptions by standing in another person's shoes and being able to look at the world from their perspective, realizing that what we thought was true 
was really just our point of advantage. See, our subconscious mind understands this. It's not our point of vantage or vantage point, as we often say. It's our point of advantage. Once we finally realize this, we become aware of our own bullshit. And once we become aware of our own bullshit, we then can start to look at the world through the eyes of others. This expanded awareness is a God-level consciousness because this is the way that God would look at the universe in his creation, right? We don't see things as death as being only bad, right? We don't see the things that we, we would often have considered being evil and of darkness. Now they actually can become aware to us. We can raise our awareness. Carl Jung says it's not by changing our darkness into the light that we can basically find our ascension. It is via you know, shedding light upon those things that were formerly unknown to us. And as we integrate the shadow, then the X consciousness emerges, and that is Christ-level consciousness, the numerical representation of which is 888. And this means that in this type of awareness, we can really start to live this world as if it were a heaven rather than perceiving it as a hell. Because the more we perceive it as a hell, the more it will be a hell. Imagine that you are an X. Now, this is a mathematical context for X. We have X and one over X. You are X, a unique identifier, a number, a zodiac, a numerology, right? All these frequencies combining together, but the world around you, you perceive as separate to you, is actually your unique universe. It is one over X. And until you realize this, you will live a pattern of repetition. That pattern of repetition will be as simplistic as a period within a one over X representation or reciprocal value of a number. So to put this in a context, what do I mean? Let's say that my number is 432, okay? And each one of us, you can imagine of the seven point X billion people are on the planet, Let's say we all have a unique identifier, just as our fingerprint is unique, that could be turned into a unique numerical exchange of information, right? Same thing with our, with our iris or our retina. So effectively, let's say that my number is 432. Well, one over 432 is 0.00231481481418 repeating. The 148 will repeat infinitely. Now, this will be true for any one over X number. The problem is, is that we don't recognize that the universe around us is really a U inverse. It's you, your number, your unique number, flipped into a repetition pattern that, re that repeats infinitely until we realize it and can find our own golden ratio. What makes us golden? Finding our North Node, our own individual path. And I discovered recently that every number has a golden ratio where its tail, just like the golden ratio, when taken to its reciprocal value, it's X and one over X, is actually equivalent to its non-reciprocal value. So there is a transformation to make for each one of us and it involves adding one and then taking the square root of that and then you end up with this beautiful numerical exchange that's identical on both sides of X and one over X. It's, it's, it's incredible. So what this does is it allows us to return to oneness because you wanna to return to oneness, you have to combine with the universe around you 
If the universe around you is the absorption of you that you cannot see as your reflection, it's simply reflected back at you as what we call a U-niverse, but actually it's a U-inverse. So as such, I can multiply with the world around me to return to oneness. This is a mathematical numerical proof. Do you also, when you talk about this numerical proof, because this is something that, you know, it's, it's been taught to like, hey, you know, we're, we're part of the one essence, we're part of the one source, we're part of the one connection. And people, they oftentimes, they create this, like you said, the separation of illusion. And it's that perception, really, that, that they have of themselves and the way that they want to show up. What do you think people can do to really start changing the perception? Because this is the reality. And so how are you helping or, or sharing or offering? Is there any way where anybody, the folks that are listening and they're trying to say, hey, listen, like I, I perceive myself, you know, I, I want to, you know, follow my dreams, my experiences, my, my, my purpose. And what I'm doing is I'm stuck so much in this mindset mentality that we've been so conditioned to, but really identifying <laughs> more with this heart set intelligence, this heart mind connection that you, you so beautifully put. Um, and having the ability to really give them the perspective to say, no, like follow the art in your heart and create from that space. Can I, do you mind if I share screen with you for a moment? Oh my goodness, please. Of course. Yes. Because I think this is such an important concept. I want everyone to understand it. Yes. Okay. So this is a program that we created, my team and I at Crown Sterling created to decrypt public key cryptography, okay? Mm -hmm. So for those of you that are interested in public key cryptography, this is actually a large factorization tool. So I can take very large numbers, and in order to do this, I had to create with our team the largest calculator in the world. So this is the world's largest calculator. Wow. So normally when you wanna get a large number of precision or high degree of precision on a calculation, you know, how many digits can you get on your calculator of accuracy? You know, 15 digits or something like that, right? About 15 digits, maybe 16. I, I think Excel yeah, goes to about 16. Yeah. yeah. If you go to a program called, uh, you know, if you go to a website called Wolfram Alpha, you can get about 500 digits and it takes a few minutes to get there. This one is unique in that I can run any calculation and this calculation can actually get me to a degree of precision that allows me to have, I'll show you, if I just take a, what's your favorite number? Give me a number. Uh, eight and nine. Eight and nine. Eight okay. And nine. So I'll take the square root of eight. Okay. So this is the square root of eight. And I can see how long a degree of precision I have on this. See how many digits it issued. It's 301,000 digits. Have you ever seen a calculator like that before? Ever. <laughs> so 301,000 digits instantly. Now, we have one at the office that can issue 2.8 billion digits, um, but this one on my home computer here can do 301,000 digits of accuracy. I actually care about that degree of accuracy. But why does this matter for you? Well, the reason why it matters for you is because, let's say I gave the example of 432, right? Yep. So any number, but let's say you give me a number. Give me a number, any other number. It could be a larger number. Uh, 111. 111, okay. So I'm gonna take 111 
And I'm going to turn this into, right? So uh, 111, I'm going to square that. Okay. Now I'm going to add back one. To this number, so add one to this number, it goes to two, take its square root. Now I've got 111.00450441310929. You see that? That long number string? Yeah. I'm going to take this number and I'm going to double it. All right. So I'm going to take this. Whoops. I didn't grab it. Okay, I'm gonna grab this. Okay, so that's got the long tail on it now. Okay, and I'm going to go through a transform. Now, if I, if I run a one over X on this number, just one over this value, it's gonna give me a number that's not the same. Do you see this? It's totally not the same as this number here. But watch what happens when I double this number here to 222 to create a boundary condition like a wave, where 111 is the peak of the wave. Now look, it's identical. 00450441310929. Now, why is that important? Look at this, it's an identical number that multiplies by each other that returns to one. That's kind of amazing, right? It's like, how the heck did that happen? But if I just took 111, right? If I just took 111, I put it here, and I take its one over x, this is gonna be its repetition cycle. And every number, just because you chose this very simplistic number of 111, it's got a simplistic repetition cycle. Every three digits is nine. So it has a period that's equal to nine, right? The period is the simple numerical string. So let's say we made it a different number like seven, we would have this repetition pattern also, one, four, two, eight, five, seven, one, four, two, eight, five. Repeating infinitely, every six digits, repeating the same life experiences over and over and over again. Sound familiar? Mm. Imagine that you have a number like 432. I've got exactly a repetition cycle over and over and over again. Sounds like reincarnation, doesn't it? Or it sounds like fractals within your own life of patterns of experience that keep repeating over and over and over again. So what makes the golden ratio golden? Are you familiar with the golden ratio? Yes. Okay, so the way you do that, the golden ratio is the square root of five. Okay. Plus one divided by two. Okay, so I'm gonna add one here to make this three and divide by two. So this is the 1.618, you recognize that number, right? It's also referred to as the Fibonacci ratio, right? So 1.618033987, well, this golden ratio is found in our DNA. It's the distance from my elbow to my wrist versus you know, 0.618 versus from here to the tip of my fingers, which would be one. Or I could say this is 1.618 from my elbow to my tip of my fingers. And then from my wrist to here would be one. It's a very unique number that has this one characteristic that's that's kind of very different, which is that it 
can return to the same number through oneness that's identical. So it's the only number that does this. Right? It's the only number that does this. It's, that's why it's the golden ratio. It's considered divine. That's why so all art you, and everything comes off of this. Exactly. So when you're, when you're expressing uh, the golden ratio, because something that I had always said uh, in the past is like the golden ratio is actually the way that we've been developed, like as individuals, right? So like you, you have expressed the Vitruvian man, right? Uh, mm -hmm. When we go with any of these temples or any of these mosques or any of these things, they are built with the golden ratio as well to give us this sense of inner peace. Is this something that you also resonate with? Oh, absolutely. And so what, and that's what I'm trying to explain here. What makes yeah. this so golden? Why is this so beautiful? Because it easily returns through itself. It can, it can basically take its reciprocal and multiply itself back to one. Exactly. So it's beautiful. There's something very beautiful about that, right? I mean, this long, infinite, irrational number that will always be the same. Doesn't matter how far I go with this, it will always yeah. be the same number string. See that? See, so yeah. it ends in 1137, 1137 will always be the same. And so all of us start to believe, well, that's great for the golden ratio. Golden ratio is like a magic or a super number, right? It's got these special properties. But what about little old me? Yeah, I'm not necessarily golden. So let's say we took a number like the one I just gave earlier, and I'll make this 432. I've got a repetition cycle. This is who I identify as me. And this is the world around me. This is my life experience. Can you explain going the through? Because because people, I, I think, you know, and for myself, just for clarity purposes, when you say, why is the 432 so specifically um, advantageous to us as individuals? Well, 432 is just representing the mask that we give to the world. Uh -huh. I love it. It's the mask. Okay. So the 432 is what we consider our persona. And, and every, every person would have a different number. And you, you may not know your number, but you might find your number, right? So you have a persona and it could be a gigantic number, but it doesn't matter because if I take another number like 31, the same property will exist. Look, one over 31 is giving me a pattern where these digits are repeating themselves over and over again. 0322580645161291629. And then the same thing over again and the same thing over again. The larger the number becomes, the larger the the repetition cycle, but there's still a repetition cycle. When it comes but to these so, patterns, right? Mm -hmm. Because these patterns, as you identify them and the importance of, of making sure that we can see them, you know, we always say like those that can recognize patterns and identify and, and then either pattern interrupt or recognize how to create a new pattern. What do you say about like, you know, all these patterns that have existed, you know, and you're saying like reincarnation, you know, learning. And before we got on the call, you talked really specifically about even some of the things were politically wise, how, you know, what's going on here? Why are we repeating so many patterns of propaganda and bullshit when we're actually able to step into a new philosophy and really become the change makers, the disruptors? And so I'm curious to know, as it relates to mathematics um, and, you know, this perspective, what is it? Is it? Is there a way that mathematics actually can help us see 
the way yes. that you know we want to create the, the 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 heaven on earth because this is something that you and me are very driven so, by. it's what i'm it's exactly what i'm explaining here so let's assume that. that you're the number 31 yep let's say that what you perceive you look in the mirror you <laughs> see the number 31. okay think of 31 as just a language it's a it's a numerical language for you describing you you understand what i mean Okay, that's who you are. And from birth, you started to separate more and more into that number, per perceiving that the world around you was entirely different from you. It's separate from you. But what if the world around you is really just one over 31? Mm. Your unique perspective, okay? So how could I then return this, this conscious mind, and this is the subconscious mind? Okay, so this is the subconscious, this is the conscious mind. How could I return this now so that I could have an infinite numerical exchange here to merge the conscious mind with the subconscious mind into a superconscious mind? Is it possible to merge it into one number? Okay, so let's say I take this number here and I put it on the end of it, right? I'm gonna take this long number right here and I'm gonna put it at the end of this number and see what happens. Whoops, uh-oh. Okay, here we go. Yeah. So let's do this again. So I had the number 31, right? So I'm gonna now take one over 31, same thing. 31 is your conscious mind, your subconscious mind is this long infinite number string, okay? But it's infinite, but it has a repetition pattern within it. It's called a period, okay? So now I'm gonna just take this thing right here, this whole segment of the number, I'm gonna pop it on the end of this number to see if I can create the same number. See, now look, I, I've now taken the one over X of this and it's now giving me a number that's similar. It starts with 0322, it's the same, but then from here forward, it's not the same. You see, it's created a different repetition. Then as you get better and better at this, Right, you can start to extend those repetition patterns, but it doesn't come to the same perfection the golden ratio has. You have to make a transformation to the number 31 to make it so that it will end up with a perfect symbiotic balance between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. It'll take you out of the repetitions into an irrational number that's infinite. This is the rise of the feminine. Okay, so now how do I do that? Let's take this number 31, and there's something very important that I have to do to it. I have to take it and I'm going to square it. So I'm going to expand myself through this, right? Find my divinity. I'm gonna take that number and add one to it. I have to add one to 961. So the one, I have to add the missing one back. So now I'm gonna add it to, to that and now I'll take the square root of that. So 962 square root gives me this. Then I can now take this number and I have to double the number to the left of the decimal to create a wave. Think of this as a radius that now becomes like a diameter. So now it goes to 62 to double and 31 is at the center of the wave. And now look, I've gotten rid of all of my repetition cycles and patterns and I've taken myself up an octave. I've doubled myself. Doubling causes a higher octave, right? 
So now I've got an identical number string that's just like the golden ratio from a number that seemingly was imperfect. Now I find the divine within it. And the universe around me becomes infinite and in flow in coherency with who I am. This becomes the conscious mind is just a mask for the true being that I am, which is this infinite source right here. I can now merge with this outside world through love and acceptance. By bringing it into my awareness, this is now a super conscious number. This full number has taken this basic 31, doubled its octave, and has now taken it to a divine level. So we are just like numbers. We can become just like this, where we can actually merge our conscious mind, which is what Carl Jung refers to, saying that the conscious mind must become aware of the subconscious. The subconscious is actually the universe around you. It is X and one over X. And it's literally just like an absorption, reflection, spectral analysis that you may have seen before. I don't, are you familiar with physics at all and, uh, and how spectrum analysis works? No, I, I mean, I took physics in school, but I definitely, uh, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with uh, the spectral analysis 100%. So let me just show you this real quick, just to cement Please. this concept, because it's a very deep concept, but it's, it's a very important one as well. Because this is the return to oneness, and it's a mathematical proof for that oneness. Oh, it's not going to let me go through all the pages here, am I? Oh, geez. Huh. If you go show more, it should show up. If you just went down to the bottom and said show more. Oh, did it say show more? Steel. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, it's showing me. It's saying uh, oh, okay. related accounts. Yeah, I don't want that. It's telling okay. me I have to sign in. Uh, yeah. Let me see what I can find on my website. And so, as you kind of share, you've been sharing this for how many years now, Robert? Uh, this is new. Mm -hmm. This is and, quite and what, new. Here it is. I found it. I found it. What triggered this kind of uh, this this theory, this uh, this awareness, um, and how you're able to um, communicate it effectively? So it was the realization of this, which is that here's x and here's one over x. This is hydrogen. So when we look out in the outer space, we can detect hydrogen in outer space because hydrogen has certain lines of reflection spectra. So these are the colors of hydrogen. There's a red line. If I know that there's, you know, if I look into a vacuum or what I thought was a vacuum and I see these lines of color, I know that there's the presence of hydrogen, red, light blue, purple, and then these other purple colors out here, right? This is hydrogen. So let's say that you're hydrogen and it's different from the rest of the universe, right? There's other hydrogen in the universe, but for the most part, it's going to be seeing a universe that looks like this. This is all the opposite colors of absorption. Now, when we look at red, it's not really red, right? Red is just a reflection where we see the color red. The absorption is more like a blue-green color, right? It's the opposite on the color wheel. So what, what's being reflected back from this is simply an X and 1 over X mirror. This is the absorption reflected back. This is the reflection, these colors right here. We are the same so thing with numbers. So, so where the reflection and the absorption is, is, is the universe around us. 
That's right. That's correct. So these lines right here in this analogy would be just like the number 31 I just showed you, which would be the exactly. conscious mind. These are the conscious mind. I'm different from the world around me. I'm separate from the world around me. None of this is like me. I'm completely different. But actually, yes, it's true. It is completely different from perceptual perspective, but it's just the one that's been divided. The number one has been divided. We are all divisions of the number one. Here's our X, the code X, and the one over X, or the U inverse. And this is exactly the mathematics of this Rydberg formula in the Bohr-Adam model, which determines the separation between the reflected spectral of hydrogen and the absorbed spectral of, of spectral emission of hydrogen or special absorption, excuse me, of hydrogen. So what do you think, what do you think is uh, the responsibility of those of us that are starting to understand this concept and really take it into, you know, really embodied form to make sure that, you know, we're stepping in? Because like you said, there's a part of it that uh, I think that you shared so beautifully, bro, uh, you know, you were at the conference and then you realized, hey, it's the exact same way that it also needs to be. So where is that line in your kind of, uh, in your perspective? Where's the line where we, you know, we don't force, but we're also recognizing our power. And so, because this is, this is something that I think that a lot of us, uh, you know, that are here to really do this work, I, I think that we have this pure intention and this pure heart set intelligence where we can amplify the mind and create from like tremendous ways together and really tap into this collective vision of, of, of wisdom that we're, we're here to support. And do you feel like there's also where we need to continue to go out there and disrupt what the status quo has been trying to project onto us for such a long period of time? Yeah, I think that first of all, we have to recognize that, you know, we go through this wheel of life, we start off being separated from our mothers. We think that the world around us is totally separate. You can stop and, sharing your screen if you mind. Just so I can yeah, see we, beautiful. We, we believe <laughs> that it's totally separate. It's not actually totally separate, right? Yeah. And, and when we do this, we, we determine what the core aspects of our personality will be. You know, who am I? Yeah. And, and largely, we do this unconsciously. We do it in a way that is tied to what we believe will bring us shame is not what we are. You know, in strategy, in corporate strategy, I often tell people, okay, if you want to decide what you want to be and what you want to do, start by deciding what you don't want to be and what you don't want to do. So this is what we call sandbox analysis, right? What's inside my sandbox? What do I want to associate with? What do I not want to associate with or dissociate with? Okay, everything outside the sandbox, separate from me and my purpose. We do the same thing with our personalities. We just don't even do it at a conscious level. If we were made to feel, if we felt shame at some point in time for doing something wrong, like stealing something, like a piece of candy in a store, then we can decide at that moment, I am not that. I do not want to be a thief. I don't want to be recognized as a thief. I don't want to be embarrassed and I don't want to be ashamed of being a thief. So I'm never going to be a thief. And so therefore, because I had that temptation of being a thief, every time I see it in someone else, I'm now going to judge them for being a thief because that's not me. That's separate from me, even though it's really deflecting the fact that I once stole something in a store. So in this context, I might even decide I feel so strongly about this. It forms such a core aspect of my personality. I need to go into law enforcement. 
You see what I'm saying? How a five-year-old child, you know, often people will say that, you know, people that choose to be in the police force is not always the case. You know, we're, we're only one or two steps away from, you know, being in the prison. And this is exactly an aspect of our personality, which we decided that's not me. I am not that. How do you transmute that judgment into re-acceptance and bring it back in with heart awareness? How do you then change your perspective to see that the world around you is just the sum total of the things you decided that you were not? And they're still actually you. And what I just showed you is numerically, it's a mathematical proof that the universe is one that is divided into each one of us to have our own individual you inverse, our own perception, our own perspective. That numerical exchange is determining our, our, our numerology and our zodiac and all the frequencies and music that's forming who we are, which are actually at their root, just mathematics and geometry. And it's a very beautiful aspect because once you realize that you can be divine and you add back the one, and then take its square root, because I see the square root of numbers is almost like getting down to the soul of a number. It's the infinite aspect. The soul is infinite. The number might have a period associated with it. It's not infinite, but the because it's not irrational. The irrational is the soul. And so as we can find that irrationality in us, and that's the rise of the feminine, bringing back the heart, to then recognize that those two can multiply by each other and create oneness again. It's back to one. It's perfect oneness. This is where the oneness, and it, it's it's beautiful that you're raising the awareness of feminine, because I think that oftentimes uh, it's like, it's not about male or female or masculine. It's about actually understanding that masculine and feminine are the one, and the, the creation of that is within us all. And so how can we navigate both of those energies? Because it's with this rise of the feminine, the rise of the heart set, the rise of this um, ability to navigate between the two, but making sure that we're amplifying from here rather rather than uh, allowing this to guide all of our direction. It's giving now a perspective of saying, hey, men, women, you know, that, that have been raised so much on this patriarchal perspective of like separation and illusion and like, you know, woundedness. It's now an opportunity to step in vulnerability and allow connection and creation and nurture nature type of a, a, a ideal. And this to me, I think this is something that is a, a true resonance of like where we're bringing heaven down to, I mean, down <laughs> into the planet earth, you know? Um, and that is something that gets really excited about me because I re realized for the longest period of time, Robert, that heaven, I was looking for it all around the world. And when I found out that it's inside of my heart, I committed my life to making sure that this is the way that I'm going to express. Well, now you see what I mean by this. Yes. X and one over X. Yeah. It's not separate from you. It's just the opposite condition of you. It's like darkness is not the absence of light. Darkness is simply the opposite condition of light. The universe is simply the opposite condition of you. Yeah. And if we start taking um, and stepping into that as a, a society, what do, you, what do you feel can really transform in this physical, physical space? 
I think what will transform in this physical space as a result of this kind of awareness and understanding is virtually everything. We realize our own infinitude. We realize that through adding back the one, understanding, the understanding of the one, the, the universal one, the universe as a divine emanation, everything about this universe, and we're just a separated aspect of that, then we'll find within ourselves our own divinity. And by finding within ourselves our own divinity, we no longer feel the need to judge the world around us. We see it instead, not as this you know, cycle of samsara, which is like a prison that we're meant to escape, but actually we see it as what it truly is, just another expression of who we are. And when we see it as an expression of who we are, we can fall in love with that. You know, it's not that the world is full of people that hate each other. It's full of people that hate themselves. What they need to do is they need to start learning to love themselves. And through loving themselves, we all can return to our divinity. And then that will transform the world around us. It's not really what happens to us that really makes our life sad or happy or, you know, malcontented or whatever you want to call it. It's what we perceive happen to us. It's the eyes of our perception. That perception is polarized. It's tied to a numerical exchange that we didn't even know existed, but now we can be aware of. It's part of who we are. You know, all of these things that determine our number will also determine how we see the world. Are we a glass half empty person? Are we a glass half full person? Yeah. And what I can tell you is that every single thing, when you start seeing it as heavenly and the universe not is is not happening to you, but rapid, rather happening for you, for your ultimate benefit, for your ultimate learning. When something bad happens, you should stop now with this context and understanding and say, why did I choose this? What was it that I, my higher self, my oneness wanted me to learn from this? This is blessed. This is really beautiful word, words, bro. I'm really grateful for your wisdom and your grace, your kindness. Um, I know that we're already over time and I, I don't want to keep you later, but uh, I, I just have one last question before we go. And sure, go ahead. My, my question to you is this, is if you had three days left to live, Robert, what would you do? You know, um, I remember seeing a talk by Steve Jobs where he gave the commencement address at uh, Stanford University. And he told the story about how he got cancer and how he decided after he survived cancer that he was gonna live every day as if it was his last day. So every three days for me, I treat it as if it could be my last. So I'm already living it as if it were my last. Wouldn't that always lead us to a feeling of wonder of the oneness of the beauty of the universe around us. I don't worry about dying now because I know I'm infinite. I don't worry about, you know, having things left on the table because I realize now it was all predestined. Every single aspect of my life has been predestined, but encoded within me was always all the answers. They were always here that I would need to find to find my own divinity. So for me, every day is a day that I live as if it was my last. And I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll leave you with one thought. I had a chance to meet with uh, Shimon Perez in 2007, and I met him again in 2015, right before he died. 
he came to California and he asked me to have a private audience with him. So I drove up to LA and I met him at his hotel room and we sat down and I asked him the question while I was there. I remember showing him my notebooks. I was starting to, to get all my downloads and everything, which are now published books and everything. And, um, and I asked him, I said, as you look back on your life, what's the thing you're most proud of? And he said, Robert, the thing I'm most proud of is I've never looked back. And he looked at me and he said, be an optimist. Statues are never erected for pessimists. And I remember hearing this from a guy who ran for president three times and, and lost until the last time. He was prime minister. He was at the United Nations. He had a role on the world stage many times over. To have said he never looked back. And as I was driving home from L.A., I remember looking out my windshield and thinking, isn't it interesting that the windshield is very large on a car, right? It's quite large. But the rearview mirror is very small. Maybe we should, instead of spending so much time looking through the windshield as if it was a rearview mirror, right, looking always in the past, maybe we should be looking in proportion to the degree of the windshield versus the rearview mirror. There are good things to learn by looking behind you, I think. There are things that all the mistakes in life are not really mistakes when you realize they were all pathways to your learning. But yeah. there's something very profound in this because when we realize that our whole lives were leading up to these moments of realization, that is the beauty of the divine. That is the God realization. All of us are just detonations and divisions of the number one. And every one of us, no matter how many mistakes we've made in life, can return to our oneness and will. Bless you, dear friend. Honestly, super blessed. Grateful to connect with you. Thank you for all this wisdom. I look forward to being in touch when you come to Dubai. Let's stay in touch. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you kindly. Thank you. Have a great day or night. You too, See yeah. you soon. <laughs> See you, brother. All the best. Hey, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Minds. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please make sure to go comment and like and follow us on iTunes or Spotify. And make sure, please make sure that if you really love this, to share this episode and make sure that you're inviting all your friends to like it as we continue to unfold what the beauty of our minds does. More importantly, how powerful our heart level of intelligence can be when we combine our heart and our brain together. And more importantly, check out the alignment course that I've created. It's seriously there for you to take advantage of at www.ericbalance.com forward slash alignment. See you on the next show.